96.5 WKLH. Dave, Doreen, Marcus, the morning KLH. And you know, 2023 has been a year of discovery for Doreen. She's doing something new and different every day. Over the weekend, she went to the Racine Zoo and fed the giraffes. And not only is this guy our green and gold insider, but he's also somewhat of a zookeeper himself. Jason Wildy, co-host of Wildy and Tausch. <laughs> Good morning, Jason. How many cats, how many dogs? Well, I, I don't want to be on shaky legal ground in Brown County for uh, revealing the number oh, of cats. Okay. Uh, so I would okay. say uh, too many. Okay. Um, and then two dogs, a hamster, and a bunch of fish. Uh, no giraffes, although the uh, zoo up here does allow you to feed giraffes as well. And that is a really cool thing to do. I love that. That's really fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Good for you. All right, so uh, Matt LaFleur, he was incredibly pissed after the Lions game. He indicated there'd be some changes. Was he talking about the defensive scheme, about the offensive line? What was he specifically referring to, and what do you think those changes will be? Yes. Okay, there Um, you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I do think that they're going to contemplate some some different options on the offensive line. They don't have – that many. There's basically two guys that they haven't really given a chance to. Yash Nyman, who started a bunch of games. Like, right, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember this, but like he went in in San Francisco uh, into the game and played really well against one of the best pass rushers in football, in Nick Bosa. And they, you know, they had that, that was that game that Rodgers took him down with like 30 seconds and got a field goal to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's got experience. Now, I don't know what exactly they're going to do to get him into the lineup if they are, but they've got to do something about the interior of their line. It's not good enough. Their running game is putrid. It's not all A.J. Dillon's fault, even if we want to blame him, which some fans seem to want to do. But, you know, that that's one part of it. The other part of it is defense. Now, I know that there are Lots of Packers fans that listen to this show that are hoping the next thing I'm going to say is they're going to fire Joe Barry and they're going to make someone else the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But he did, LaFleur did reveal what I've been saying to you guys for quite a while, which is they don't want to run the system that they've been running. To which I say, then why did you keep the guy mm-hmm. that runs the system that you don't want to run anymore? Right. Like, you had the chance to make this change after last season and saying, hey, this isn't working. We're going to do something else. Thank you for your service. But instead, he kept Joe Barry, and now is telling him to run a different defense than the defense that he was hired to run. So that's where kind of things stand. I think the biggest frustration, frankly, for LeFleur is that he thinks Love is making the improvements from week to week. Mm-hmm. Even last week, I thought, you know, this is going to sound weird, but I thought last week, was the biggest growth game for Jordan Love. Like, he took a licking and kept on ticking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's frustrated that the offensive line is not helping the run game move and the defense isn't carrying the weight for them while the offense kind of figures things out. Those were two things that were supposed to be strengths, and they have not done. So we needed the mini-buy, right, because of all the injuries. Taking advantage well, of that, I mean, who's coming back? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that stinks about their schedule for this year, remember last, was it last year where they were 
They, they, yes, they chose not to take the bye after they went to London. Yeah, right, yeah. And then they didn't have the bye until there were like four games left, which did not help them at all. No. Um, now this year, you know, what's crazy is they don't play on a Sunday for three consecutive weeks. They played Thursday night, so they have, as you called it correctly, a mini bye. Now they don't play again until Monday. And then after they play Monday in Vegas, their bye week is already here. Wow. After only five games. So now, you know, it's like Goldilocks. Last year it was too late. This year it's too early. Maybe next year it'll be just right like the porridge. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think necessarily that they're in dire need of some time off to get injuries solved. I mean, if you look at, if you look at where they're at, like David Bakhtiari is not coming back. Yeah. Probably not at all this year and probably never again for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Elton Jenkins might be back this week. They chose not to put him on injured reserve because they thought he would miss fewer than four games. So I think there's some hope there, which would certainly help the offensive line. But it's not like they're that banged up. You know, Aaron Jones came back. Christian Watson came back. So they have most of their pieces. And I will say this. It would appear that just about everybody in the league stinks. So if you can stink a little bit less, which I think the Packers are capable of, he won a fair number of games. So is Aaron Jones' injury a little more serious than we thought? Because he really wasn't part of the game plan on Thursday. Yeah, no, I don't think so, Marcus. I, I, I mean, they did have him on a pitch count, but uh, I think the greater issue, frankly, is that Matt LaFleur just didn't use him. Like, the first six plays were all passes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't, I don't understand that at all. And, and you know, Marcus and I were talking off air like you thought the way the game started with Rudy Ford getting that interception on the opening drive, hey, this is going to, you know, they're in a good spot here. And then when they didn't get, they just got a field goal out of that and they didn't move the ball at all, then you were like, okay, this might not go so well. And as it turned out, it didn't. Well, you know, talking about Aaron Jones, uh, looking at stats here, the Packers have run the ball only 34.5% of the time, which is almost the lowest in the NFL. And the running backs have only been targeted out of the backfield 17 times in four games, which is 30th in the NFL. So your point about Jordan Love making great strides and improvements is is right on mar- right on point. But considering the fact that they haven't established a running game, they haven't even really established those running backs out of the backfield as serious weapons. I think that even is better that Jordan Love is making strides, considering the the play calls are really not in his favor. Yes, which makes no sense whatsoever, right? Like, mm-hmm. we talked all offseason, and look, I, Mar- Matt LaFleur is way smarter than me. He knows way more about football than I do. I, I'm not saying that I know better. But it was pretty obvious to just about everyone in the Packers fan base and those of us who cover the team that this team needed to run the ball effectively, set up play-action passing, and give Jordan Love a good defense to keep it, keep it things easier on him and a run game that he could rely on. So he didn't have to throw the ball constantly and try to win games himself. And the fact that they're four games in, they are two and two, right? I mean, my goodness, you you could be bears fans. Yeah. No kidding. they, they, They just haven't. I'm a little perplexed at how they have approached things. And, and I feel like Matt LaFleur has been in offenses in the past. You know, when he was in Tennessee the year before he got the job here, you know, they had Derrick Henry in the backfield as a running back who's one of the best in the business, and they ran the ball constantly. 
And that just makes life so much easier for your quarterback if he can do it effectively. Maybe he doesn't have any faith in those guys up front right now as they're currently constructed to create holes and have their run game be productive. He doesn't want to bang his head against the brick wall. I'm not sure, but they need to figure it out because they're even with crappy teams in the league, they're not going to win a lot of games if they can't run the ball effectively and can't stop the run. So it seems that uh, the Lions and Dan Campbell seem to have the Packers' number. Can it get into Matt LaFleur's head that he can't beat Dan Campbell? First of all, how crazy is it that you just said that? I know. Like, for 24, 24 years, the Lions couldn't win in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. 24 years. I mean, they had lost so many games in Wisconsin that we have to say in Wisconsin, not at Lambeau Field, because the streak dated back to before they moved out of County Stadium. Wow. That's how long they had been unable to win on Wisconsin soil. And now they've won two in a row in Wisconsin and five in a row overall. And it is just, it is, it is incredible to me that things have, this is, you know, like, like in Wicked, this must be how other people feel. This, <laughs> this must be how Bears fans feel yeah. about the Packers all of a sudden. So, you know, I don't know if he, Marcus, to answer your question, I don't know if he's got a, a mental block or a failure to believe in beating Dan Campbell. I will say this, Dan Campbell and the Lions have established a very clear identity. They're going to punch you in the mouth. They're going to be really physical. And their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, has some pretty innovative ideas that seem to work pretty well with their personnel. And, you know, Tausch asked this question last week after they lost, and, and I don't have a good answer for him. He said, what is the Packers' identity? And my best answer was they have an offense that schemes receivers open, which is about as lame of an identity as I could think of, but they're definitely not physical, right? right. Uh, they're committing a ton of penalties because they're young, so it's not like they're super smart. What is their identity? I'm not sure they have one, and that's never good either. So what is the team's schedule like this week with the Monday night game, Jason? They're going to have Wednesday off, and then they'll have their kind of normal work week pushed a day back. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they'll work like it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then on Sunday, they'll travel to Vegas, which it sure sounds like to me um, basically that it's going to be a hugely pro-Packers crowd inside Allegiant Stadium. I don't know if you guys saw Sunday Night Football last week. I did. But the Steelers were there, your your old team from your youth. Yep. And it sounded like a home game. Like T.J. Watt was talking after the game about how the Raiders had to go to a silent count on offense in their own stadium. Yeah because there were so many Steelers fans cheering when the Steelers were on defense. But you know what? I read an article about that after that game, that that's been a problem for the Raiders in that since they moved to Las Vegas, it's a destination for all of the yeah. major fan bases, whether it's Pittsburgh, Green Bay, whether it's Philadelphia, New York, all those people save up their money and head to Vegas because they make a weekend of it. So I think that's uh, probably something the Raiders organization never – or maybe they did think of it and they don't care, but they don't, they don't really have home games anymore. They have to split their fans, you know, the fan base. Yeah. If they, they get a 50-50 crowd, the article I read said 50-50, they consider it to be a good, a good thing for them because cool. otherwise the, the away fans just dominate the stadium. Yeah, and everybody wants to go to Vegas. It's a, I mean, you can collect those uh, – 
escort trading cards when I walk down the street <laughs> that they hand out. Yes. Uh, I've got uh-huh. my next to my Pokemon cards <laughs> and my 1982 Brewers. Pretty cool. That's uh, why we go. <laughs> all right, Jace. As always, thank you for the insight. We'll talk to you later in the week, and we'll get more specific about the game in Las Vegas. Appreciate your time. <laughs> All right. All right, take care. Be good. You too. Jason Wilde, he is our green and gold insider. <laughs> I always wondered what those cards were they were handing yeah. out. I try to walk around those people. No, thank you. No, thank no, you. No, thank you. I got no. one already. No, no thanks. <laughs> I wonder I wonder what the rare card is to get. I guess maybe I shouldn't wonder that. No, best Jason, you don't. Jason Wilde is brought to you by DJ's Transmissions. And Milwaukee Muscle Cars and Restoration. Now buying vintage mini bikes and muscle cars. Visit DJsTransmissions.com. Also brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call 866-992-1717 or Mr. Holland's Home Services.com. Jason Wildey, part of the Morning KLH.